Hello, and welcome to The Artist Pivot, a weekly conversation with artists about their current pivot, past pivots, and every pivot in between. I am your host, Ayana Major Bay, an actress who wants to educate, empower, and celebrate artists so they have no option but to thrive. On this episode, I am joined by the true multi-hyphenate Michael Kushner. He is the executive producer of the Emmy-nominated series Indoor Boys, and his next project is the Pink Unicorn film, starring Tony winner Alice Ripley, for which he will be serving as producer and director of photography. He has performed in such shows as On the Town, Much Ado About Nothing, Sons on the Prophet, and is the creator of his one-man show, Moo With Me. His photography has been featured in the New York Times, Vogue, the Tony Awards, Playbill, and more. Creator of The Dressing Room Project, Michael has photographed Idina Menzel, Julie Andrews, and many more notable artists. Michael is one of the founding members of Musical Theater Factory, currently in residency with Playwrights Horizons, and was awarded the first-ever MTF Builder Award. During COVID-19, Michael has stayed active in the theater community by serving as director of photography and producing virtual events, such as Moments in the Woods, a virtual gala for the HFWAA featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda, which was nominated for a Broadway World Award, Betsy Wolf's A Pants Optional Holiday, and It's a Wonderful Life, a live radio play featuring the Skivvies with Laguna Playhouse, and Leslie Kritzer's holiday show for The Actors' Home. He's an active participant with Covenant House, and in 2020, Michael served as the keynote speaker for Florida Thespians. He currently has two podcasts out, Dear Multi-Hyphenate and My Broadway Memory with the Broadway Podcast Network. We discuss the science behind being a multi-hyphenate, how casting protocols need to change, and how he is using his many platforms to serve his life and others. Here's our conversation. Hey, everybody. So today, joining me on the podcast, I'm very excited to say I have my friend, Mr. Michael Kushner, joining me. Hello there, Michael. Hi. It's so good to talk with you today. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm very, very, very excited. So um, as tradition, it seems to be in season two. I'm not asking people how they are, like, how are you? Because that's such a loaded question right now. So I kind of break it down and I ask, number one, how is your soul feeling today? And number two, have you had enough water? Like, what are your hydration levels looking like right now? That's hysterical. Um, I, uh, I'm feeling good in this moment. I had therapy just before this. So, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very loaded therapy session. There were like three very distinct things that I wanted to talk about. And Mm -hmm. so it's so funny having like a therapy session where you're like, okay, point one, great. We done moving on. Cool. (laughs) Point two. Okay, good. There's it. And point three, the finale. It's like, you know, a a three act play in an hour, but Mm -hmm. water, that's the funny question. Water, water. My boyfriend tries desperately to get me to drink, um, anything. And (laughs) I, it's so weird. It's like, I, I just forget to drink. Like I like, Mm -hmm. I love water. I love what it does to my body, but actually pouring a glass of water, putting it into my hands up to my lips and ingesting it is a different story. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Did you drink water today? I Yes, I have. I have my 32-ounce bottle next to me, and I just started. So I'm only about a fourth in. But it's, you know, it's my mission to try to drink two of these a day. All right. You're inspiring me to yes. get started on that. Yes. Just carry it around. Carry around the water bottle, even in the house. Yeah. I like literally carry it from room to room. Okay. Okay. It's, it's it, you know, what is the... Uh, what is the time that it takes for something to become not uh, 
uh, to become like etched in, to become. I think it's 20, 21 days, I think, wow. to establish a habit. I think habit. it is. Yes, Something that's like the word that. I was yeah. looking for. Um, okay, you could do it. We could do it. 21 yes. days. Yes, you can do it. 21, 21 days. days, we'll be able to do it. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Get a water bottle that you carry around. I love that. Come on, yeah. Hydro Flask. Okay, <laughs> yes, Hydro Flask. I love that. <laughs> this is a uh, uh, an ad for Hydro Flask now, apparently. Yes. Let's see if we can get you some... Uh, some uh, you know uh, commercial some, spots, some air, some air time. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't know why words it. aren't words aren't coming easy to me today. I'm like literally, I'm searching for every single word I come up with. So please bear with me if I'm like, what's the word? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No problem. No problem. You got it. Because trust me, Michael, I have those days. Oh my god, like, today might be one of those days. Uh huh. Uh huh. And that's okay. That's that's the present moment you're in. Yes. Yeah. And I love, you know, that's why I love recording podcasts because like you never know what you're actually going to get. And the podcasts are a real slice of life of like Mm -hmm. getting to know someone and they're very, they're not performative. So, um, I appreciate when someone is having, I don't want to say I'm having an off day. I don't think I'm having an off day, knock on wood, but like one of the things that is happening in Michael Kushner's life right now is that I'm just like, what's that word? (laughs) And that's what you're going to (laughs) get. (laughs) <laughs> yes yes this is what you go get everybody okay yeah yeah <laughs> i love it i love it so yes michael let's talk let's talk pivots here as an artist let's talk pivots. all the pivots okay so you actually currently have a podcast out called dear multi-hyphenate so we're okay. actually going to get to that in a second but yeah. i want to take our listeners back back to before 2020 when you made voluntary pivots in your life as an artist. Yeah, that's, um, it's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have been in the industry 21 years and I started as a child actor and Mm -hmm. I I realized quickly realized throughout high school, which was performing arts high school and French woods, which is a performing arts sleepaway camp and studying musical theater at Ithaca college. I quickly realized that a lot of the stories that I want to tell are not stories that I'm going to be able to tell on stage. Mm. And um, so I started to excite, keep myself excited by investing in the journey that was other proficiencies. And I didn't know really what I was doing yet. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was possible to uh, combine all of these efforts into one macro artist. And mm-hmm. Along the way, what was happening was as I was taking photos or I was, uh, you know, running the radio station at, at in college where I was on the guest artist committee in college or whatever it was, writing this, whoever, whatever, people would ask me along the way being like, oh, you're doing this now? Or um, when are you going to pick one thing? Or like, wow, you have a lot of hobbies. And I think those three observations are really hindering to an artist's development because one, they're not hobbies. And, you know, I talk about the hobby versus the proficiency a lot. You know, the hobby we do for joy, uh, it doesn't matter about income. There are no pressures put on us. It's relaxation. It's just, you know, there's no stress. But our proficiency is actually something that we develop income for. And uh, one day I was at Musical Theater Factory, which is... um, a, a nonprofit organization that is dedicated to producing new musicals free from pressures of cr- critical commercial success and decentering uh, stories like 
from white straight men um, and uh, putting forward marginalized communities stories. Um, mm. And it's, it's an incredible organization, Musical Theater Factory, um, founded by Shakina Nafak now uh, under the artistic development of Man Tiao. Uh, but I'm a founding member back in 2014. And there was a, a an event and my friend Mary Jo McConnell literally looked at me and was like, she was asking me what was going on. And I was like, you're, and she said, you're such multi-hyphenate. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is that word? <laughs> and I sort of like, went home and was like, all right, that's the word. Mm -hmm. There's this, but there has to be a science to it. Like, it's not about, like, I'm not a roller skater, an illustrator and an actor. I have all of these different proficiencies that sort of tie into each other and affect the other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So there has to be a science and there has to be an explanation to that. And I know I'm not the only person. Like there are people like Mel Brooks that have done it. There are people like, um, I just discovered, you know, Molly Brown, the, a survivor of the Titanic would be considered a multi-hyphenate. Um, uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, mm-hmm. you know, these these f- very famous people, all multi-hyphenates. And I was like, what about, those are people that are in the spotlight, celebrities. What about the people that are, um, you know, that haven't had, a multi-million dollar movie or have had a 40 year career or have had a commercial show on Broadway. What about Mm -hmm. those people? Uh, So I really, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to start talking about this. I'm going to start collecting stories and sharing my perspective. And it's actually, um, it's uh, a lot of people have been really drawn to it. I'm really proud of that creation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. Yes. So I would ask you, before you got to the podcast and, you know, really started sharing stories about people who are multi-hyphenated, you know, some of yours were, if I'm correct, were like an actor and also a photographer and also, um, you know, like you said, running the radio station. So all of these things you found work together, correct? Yeah. So that's the whole idea of the multi-hyphenate is that they, Mm -hmm. every proficiency that one has, they should affect the other. So Mm -hmm. if we're sort of looking at it, like it's a, um, an infinity sign, right? There's no real center of everything, but every sort of thing visits each other every. So the way that I break it down is like, um, my income with my photography helps me produce projects which I can be in or I'm passionate about. And mm. the stories that I learn from those experience, I could put on my podcast and build an audience which will bring people into my studio. And then the income that I get from my studio will help me produce projects that I'm, you know what I mean? It's all, yes. sir, it's all um, affecting each other. It's all helpful to each other. And that is what I think a multi-hyphenate is. I think a lot of people are like, they consider themselves multi-hyphenates, but uh, they're missing that link. I'm like, great. Mm -hmm. I love that you can do all these things. That's awesome. But how do they help each other? How do they, how do they lift your why and your understanding of yourself higher? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. Like that is 
a great, great point. I'm actually, I wrote that down so I could come back to that in a second. Um, But what I'd like to know is with the podcast, did you have this idea before the pandemic or was it after? Because, you know, you said that your friend gave you this idea and you were like, oh, what's that word? Like, let me look that up. Let me see what's going on. And you're like, oh, that's it. That's me. That's who I am. So in sharing the stories, you know, was the the podcast as a platform to share um, your experience and other people's experience? Did that idea for that using this platform come before the pandemic or it kind of happened? You were like, oh, this is a way I can share the stories now. Yeah, that's a great question. I actually started the podcast by myself. I recorded about two episodes um, by myself and was like, I think in like 2018, Okay. And was and was like, this is a lot for me to do in mm-hmm. this moment. I don't know if I can do this. And I sort of put it away for a while. Okay. And then my friend Alan at Broadway, who's the co-founder of Broadway Podcast Network, was like, come join Broadway Podcast Network. We'll help you produce it. And I was like, really? So that, dis- that decision was made in December or November or December of 2019. And then I started recording new episodes in January of 2019. Mm-hmm. So that was two months before the pandemic started. And I had no idea, you know, none of us knew what life would look like in, you know, two and a half, three months. And mm-hmm. So Broadway Podcast Network was amazing and they really were like, all right, we're going to go virtual. Like this is how we're going to go remote. And um, Mm -hmm. they were incredible with offering us resources and being like, this is how you do it. This is, you know, this is how you soundproof. This is how, these are the programs that we're going to record on. This is how you schedule. This is, we're going to do like um, keynotes and guest speakers of like, protocol and Mm -hmm. how to work with Apple and like all these different things. They really provided incredible resources. Um, And that was when I sort of started, like I never considered podcaster as a hyphen, as a proficiency because, Hmm. because it was, I sort of, it was like an extension of my actor, my performance Mm -hmm. hyphen, because it was just a tool that I was using to be able to communicate with an audience. Then after now producing the podcast and like understanding all the technicalities of it and the, and the amount that it actually does um, the amount of producing and the amount of time that it does require. I was like, you know what? I think this is its own thing. I think I would put it as a hyphen or and a proficiency because it mm-hmm. checks the boxes off of what I consider as the list of what should be um, the checkbox thing Mm -hmm. of a proficiency. Like I say, are you um, getting paid for it? Um, Is there a paper trail? And are you joyous and passionate over it? And I check all three things. So Mm -hmm. um, I was like, you know what? I can, uh, I'm going to put the, I'm going to add podcaster to my, to my hyphenate, my multi-hyphenate identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. Yes. And and like looking at you, Ayana, it's just like, you know, you are, you're a podcaster, but you use uplifted artists as, you know, you're the founder and CEO, which has a lot of producing and, uh, you know, leadership qualities. And then you have this podcast, but you're also a performer. So mm-hmm. like, 
You are a multi-hyphenate. Hey. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Hey, I am a multi-hyphenate now. Yes. I love it. And and you're right. All of the things that I am now doing kind of, they feed into each other. Not kind of, they do. They feed into each other. Um, But it's that going back to what you said about there's kind of a science behind being a multi-hyphenate and do all of the branches you know, connect to each other? Do they all yeah. blend? Do they all help each other? And I think that as artists, there's a little, what's the word I want to use? There's a little disconnect, I think, with the fact of being multi-hyphenate, but them not actually connecting. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I think what it boils down is to buzzwords and fads. Okay. Um, I think some people hear the word multi-hyphenate and they immediately go, I'm a multi-hyphenate mm-hmm. because that's like the word that's happening with a lot of people. It's, it's like, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's a buzzword. It, it can mm. be a buzzword because I think people with social media, it's very easy to see a word and to see what people are writing about it or to, you know, but I don't, I wouldn't ever add something to my identity like the word multi-hyphenate or like, Mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, people have artivist or like entrepreneur, like Mm -hmm. the word that I found is multi-hyphenate. That's the best one. Do I, in why wouldn't I consider myself an artivist? It's because Mm -hmm. like, you know, activism is in, it's found in my hyphens. Like Mm, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Activism is found in my hyphens and it's not like I, the things that I produce are meant to change people. The things that I engage in are meant to change people, but I don't like, I personally am not at the forefront organizing rallies. Mm -hmm. I am not at the forefront, um, you know, starting nonprofits. Like, I mean, musical theater factory aside in 2013, 2014, but activism does influence my hyphen. So while Mm. I, it is a part of my why and, you know, it's producing non quotidian artistry that benefits the world around me. um, I think saying that I am an activist as like my main title or putting that in my hyphen is a little unfair to the activists that are actually like, um, like Marla Lou and Dimitri Moise who have founded uh, claim our space now. Mm-hmm. And like they are activists, they have established this nonprofit organization that is literally changing the game um, for, you know, uh, dismantling racism. And uh, that's an activist. That's an activist as a part of the hyphen. So I have mm-hmm. to, you know, multi-hyphenating is constantly checking yourself and, and, and putting aside the ego and mm. being like, what, what is the art that I'm putting out there and what, how are people perceiving me? Like, I think ultimately you have to really keep those, um, you have to cut the fat and sort of go, I am this, 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 and this, and be able to explain it very simply, mainly because if you can't explain it simply, then you don't know it well enough, which is an Albert Einstein quote that inspires me daily. If you can't explain it simply, then you don't know it well enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And it's it's incredible to kind of, you know, take a look like in this time that we're currently in to take a look and kind of see how many artists 
have genuinely pivoted and have been excited about, you know, I guess their newfound hyphen that they yeah. kind of always had. Yeah. But I think in our industry, we're shamed if we do multiple things that do blend together, that have kind of an infinity connection. But if you don't focus on one, oh, you're the actor or you're the photographer or you're the producer or you're whatever. If you do try to add things and really are a true multi-hyphenate, you kind of get shamed in our industry. Yeah, it's so interesting. I think anyone that like, any front runners that start something new are always risk, they always risk shame and they always risk rejection. And something that I always say to budding multi-hyphenates, like the college kids that I work with or like people that, you know, take me out to coffee and pick my brain or, you know, I have a workshop that I, a multi-hyphenate workshop that I teach with Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Faye Greenberg. And- Mm -hmm a lot of questions that we're asked is like, how, how do I become a multi and What about, you know, all that stuff. But one of the biggest things that I say is you have to risk the rejection of each of your proficiencies. So mm. if you're an actor, if you're an actor, you risk rejection, right? But yes. say now you add for me and for me, for instance, um, actor, photographer, producer, writer, podcaster, that's five times the reje- the rejection and uh, that I risk in putting art out into the world. Hmm. And I think front runners in new fads, new, um, I don't want to say fad because multi-evanating isn't a fad, but front runners in new um, discoveries about artistry or of life are always up for critique and they risk rejection. And, uh, and uh, I'm not the only front runner in this industry of, mm-hmm. that is a, you know, I'm not saying like, I'm, I'm the front runner, but like, myself and the other people that are having active conversations about multi-hyphenating. I mean, I can't even tell you the conversations that I've had with people that reject the idea. Mm. And I'm like, honey, I have one thing to say to you. My, by investing in the multi-hyphenate lifestyle, Mm -hmm. I not only survived a pandemic, Mm -hmm. but I was able to thrive in a pandemic, forward my art and pay my bills solely on the art I was creating. Hmm. So you can't tell me otherwise. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. You have lived the experience and you're like, you, you're not going to tell me that this isn't the way I should go. And this isn't the way I should live my life. In a time where the industry is obviously experiencing this upheaval and rightly so because there are so many things that need to be dismantled and revisited and reshaped obviously yes Mm -hmm. but the stakes could not be higher for an artist's survival like Mm -hmm. no in no world will i ever be worried about what a casting director thinks of me ever again amen I, I, (laughs) i just do not care i just do not care um because i'm I'm tired of them being gatekeepers to these experiences that I know I, I meet every single criteria in the breakdown. And the fact that like, you won't even look up from the table Mm -hmm. and watch me, you called me in, but Mm -hmm. from the moment I walk into this room, you don't make eye contact with me once. And that, that is abuse of power. Yes. You know, that is saying I am above you. You just spent, $100 $100 on your coaching. You just bought a new audition outfit. You hmm. just 
Uh, you just took off of work. You just did this all to come into my space for three minutes. But guess what? I'm not going to look at you. Right. That's an abuse of power. <laughs> and yes. the multi-hyphenate doesn't allow for that anymore. Because mm-hmm. guess who's in power now? Guess who's my own boss? I'm my own boss. Exactly. And by surviving, because I had COVID, mm-hmm. uh, but surviving that virus, which put things into perspective and understanding that the artistry, the newsworthy artistry, the um, the artistry that is um, gaining me a following isn't depend is bringing me happiness and isn't dependent on a casting director. It's severely making me look at who I am as an actor and mm-hmm. go in a lot of the happiness, a lot of the projects that I will be doing as an actor might not ever rely on the casting director. And that mm-hmm. is a bold move to say that might that might strip 99% of the opportunities that I have to be an actor, but I don't care anymore because I have my photography proficiency that is allowing me to produce projects I can be in and tell my own stories. So I don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes, understood, understood. And and that is, I think, well, let me speak for myself because I'm not going to say all, all artists, but uh, um, something that I am working towards as well because it's like, yes, I would like to be in someone else's show. Great. But if I don't happen to get cast, great. Like I am doing other things that make me happy. I am doing other things that I can be artistic and creative with. And you're right, it doesn't depend on this casting director or producer, whoever it is that's the gatekeeper of this production. Yeah. If you don't want to let me in, that's all right. I have all of these other things that make me happy and that I can do to fill my creativity. Like you said, you have your photography, you have your producing, you have your podcast, you have all of these things that are not dependent on someone else. They're only dependent on you. Yeah. That's it. You don't have to ask for permission. And of course, you know, the the toughest one is the actor hyphen, because the way that the industry is shaped right now is that like in order to produce projects that are your own stories requires a lot of privilege, right? It requires mm-hmm. money, time, uh uh, just relationships. It requires a lot of different things mm-hmm. that, that require acknowledge of, of privilege. And mm-hmm. I just want to say that um, I want to say that as well. Like the fact that I was able to get a scholarship to my performing arts high school, and then I was able to go to a sleepaway camp and then I was able to pay for college and build this network of people is a reflection of the privilege that I have subscribed to in my life. Mm-hmm. And I have to acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. But as I navigate my artistry through my life, I one of the ways that I really want to give back is for people to understand that we do have agency. And I am trying hard to, in my own ways, dismantle the ways that art that actors rely on others mm-hmm. for job opportunities. Right that is a huge drive in the multi-hyphenate identity because there's so many actors out there 
that have points of views and talent and stories and voices that aren't able to ever share that. And it's so upsetting and so disappointing and saddening because like, and maddening as well, because like, why are we seeing the same people over and over and over and over again, half ass these jobs Mm -hmm. when there's someone right there that has lived it, but they can't even get through the door. And that is time to end. That's, that is, that is a great reflection of the industry that once was, and that will Mm -hmm. forever be immortalized in movies and period pieces, but it's time to move on. It's time to figure out. There was once a, you know, I once worked with a casting director in an audition and I think they said to me, you know, if anyone has a better idea, if anyone has a better idea other than auditioning to cast actors, let us know. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be like, that's your job. Hmm. As a casting director, that's your job is to figure out the better ways. Right. Is to go. And if you were a casting director, that means your primary job is casting. And I know that there's a lot of, a lot of gunk to weed through in order to find the person that does the job, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everyone can do better. Yeah. Everyone can do better. And I have friends that are casting directors and, but I think casting directors are gatekeepers to this industry and hinder artists from doing their work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying the casting director has to go away. I'm just saying that. No, I think that being a casting director can be really helpful. I think Mm -hmm. that it can be, I think that they can absolutely help the producer or help the director or help whoever. But I think this, um, hierarchy has got to go. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. The hierarchy has got to go. And also you made a very valid point that I was like, oh, let's talk about that for a hot second. The finding the person that actually fits the breakdown. But then when you put out the breakdown, don't accept appointments from people who don't fit it. Oh, well, we'll still see all of those people. But you just said you were very specific about what's in this breakdown. So find someone who has lived that experience and not bring in an actor. Oh, well, I know them. So let's just bring them in. But they don't fit the breakdown. Right. Yeah. And that's when it becomes business of show when Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's when it's like the IOU or my friend is behind the table. I'll get you in. Don't worry. You know, that's when it becomes like show business. And who's to say that those things will ever be, um, you know, uh, eradicated is that the right word will yeah, ever uh-huh. be erased mm-hmm. who's to who's to say and i am on fire today i'm feeling some sort of a way so you know forgive me for like really spilling the tea here but mm-hmm. um but uh i'm really passionate about this but you know in my headshot sessions like this same mentality these points of views i really try to bring to my clients because mm-hmm. if a casting director is seeing 6000 photos for one mm-hmm. breakdown, one roll, mm-hmm. 6,000 photos. How the hell are you going to get into a room? You have to color your headshots with the same specificity and the same uh, drive that you have 
with the material that you choose. And when you're Mm. imagining yourself on stage on opening night, you have to bring that specificity into the headshot because if you have a specific story that you want to tell for a breakdown, that has to read in the headshot. That's how you get into the room. If you don't have any connection to anyone on the project or um, in the room, that's how you get into the room is your headshot. And so it's no, it can no longer be just a nice picture of you. It has to, you have to weed through the fat mm-hmm. with your headshot and the way that you represent yourself. And it starts with the stories that you tell. It starts with your points of view. It starts with your, uh, your past mm-hmm. and your heart and your, and, and what you bring to the table. It has to read in a headshot. Yeah. Understood. Yes. Cause that's, that's your calling card. And that's yeah. your like, Oh, when I see that person's headshot, Oh, I know. I, yes, I know their point of view. I know the stories they're telling. I know what has happened and their experiences. People are like, people look at me like my head is, you know, I, I lost my head when I say, I think, you know, we should get a black and white shot mm-hmm. look for you. And people are like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> no, 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 not 1986 black and white headshot. I'm talking about like, look at the things that are being filmed in black and white right now. We have WandaVision, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. WandaVision, there was a whole episode of Sabrina that was filmed in black and white. Um, Roma, Francis Ha, those are four things on the top of my mind. And yeah, they're few and far between. But Mm -hmm. if you're an artist that is telling me like, I love telling telling, uh, beautifully shot, like cinematic gems, the, the ones that are few and far between the stories that, Oh, and then there's the new movie. The, uh, there's the new movie about um, the Hollywood writer that was in black and white. And that just came out like very mm-hmm. recently. So if, you know, you just, if you justify it, like if things are being shot in black and white, that means you should have an option to show yourself in black and white. And hmm. when I, when I like shooting with shadows, when I like shooting with the, these things, people look at me like I have two heads. Right. And ultimately what it does is it gets you in the room. Is it specific? Yeah. Is it new? Yeah. But does it work? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's something to have in your back pocket. Cause like you said, you're not going to use it all the time, but when the opportunity comes to use it, you have it. Right. Right. Exactly. You might not lead with that headshot, but you might not lead with every single story. There's some clients that, come into my studio and they're like, I want to be on a Disney cruise for the next five years. And I go, yes, I love that. Thank you for giving me guidance and a goal. Now let's Mm -hmm. turn this headshot session into a Disney cruise. Let's get Mm. you, let's get you pictures that scream that, that you have different pictures for different tracks, for different Mm -hmm. parks, for different mm-hmm. cruises, like let's dive in. And if that's what you want to spend today, I need you to make a choice. Right. And that's the whole idea about the multi-hyphenate identity is that you have an agency that when you go in for your uh, website um, uh, consultation, your headshot shoot, your coachings, your final mm-hmm. callbacks, you have agency to make decisions that you're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that scream you that are, that's your, it's that show that this is my career. This is how I engage with myself in the career and I'm comfortable doing so. Right. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. You just wrapped that up in a nice little bow. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I love it. I love it so much. Yes. Yes. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and giving me a little slice of your time because I know you are busy. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I Look, I threw you through the ringer with finding out. I like we would figure out a day to record this. And then all of a sudden it was like. Life happens. And and (laughs) I'm really trying to navigate, like I'm committing to this time. I'm trying to blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, sometimes it's just, you've just got to, you just got to do it. But I'm glad that we found the time to chat. This is great. And you are a fabulous host and I love spending time with you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, there is something that I must say to you. Oh my God. And that is, I acknowledge you, I celebrate you, and I uplift you. Oh, that just sent chills down my spine. Thank you. You're so very welcome. You're so very welcome. Michael, thank you so much for sharing. I love your breakdown of how you approach being a multi-hyphenate and the science behind it. If all of your hyphens truly do intertwine and are an infinity loop, then they all support each other. I hope in this time more artists branch out and aren't afraid to find and nurture their other hyphens. Thank you again, Michael, and thank you for tuning in. I'll speak to you soon.